honor and glory. He's worthy of our praise. Amen. We're going to have all the children dismissed downstairs with Mrs. Holdsworth and also the Hempels. They will be working downstairs with Junior Church. So they're going to have a great time down there. They have Junior Church prepared for the kids. Amen. Junior Church is not a time because the kids are a distraction, no. Uh, junior Church is church for the juniors. And they need it uh, as we need church up here. They need a church for them, uh, designed for them. Sometimes it goes over the heads of uh, the kids, you know. It feels like you're sitting there forever and all. I think, though, that some adults need to go down there as well. <laughs> Amen. Get some cookies, some juice. How many would like that? <laughs> Amen. I think so, too. Maybe we are having junior church up here uh, as well. Amen. But we're going to be in um, Ephesians. We're going to be in a few places. And uh, the word of God. We need, the, we need the words of God. We need the words of God. You know, I had a calling on my life. I was at a secular college and a, a, uh, another student of mine... Uh, student I was with, a couple uh, rooms over from me in the dorms, he invited me out to church. So I went to church. It was a Sunday morning, and as we were in service, uh, the preacher, and this is, I'm not exaggerating, uh, what he did was he invited everybody to try to get money from the community to bring it back to the church. And the whole church was full of college students. And then he got up on stage and he sang a, a special music for, with his guitar, or a rock, some rock song. He gave a couple quotes out of a uh, magazine or something. And that was the end of the Sunday morning service. No word of God, nothing that was associated with God or his word. Let me tell you this. It's by the words of God that everything you see and know was created. We need the words of God in our life. We have to open up the Scriptures. If you want healing in your life, you need the Scriptures. If you want strength in your life, you need the Scriptures. You don't need to fill yourself up more with psychology, man's advice. If you come to me for advice, I'm going to say... Open your Bible, and I'll tell you this, it's more than a medicine. It's like the fountain of life. It is. It, it replenishes you. It strengthens you. If you're dealing with sin today, open up the Scriptures. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. We need the Scriptures. If your home is in distress, open up the Scriptures. If your marriage is under stress, open up the Scriptures. Men, if you're losing grip on your life, open up the Scriptures. It's by the Scriptures you'll find life. Let's open up the Scriptures. Ephesians chapter 2, and when you find it, if you would stand with me, I'm going to read a few verses, and then we'll sit down. Ephesians chapter 2, when you find it, stand with me as we honor God's Word. Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible says, and you hath he quickened, quickened means made alive. We're going to note those two parts, there's two words, you and he, you hath he, and you hath he quickened, he made you alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. And this is not talking about physical life. It's talking about spiritually. If, you're alive, if you got saved, you're alive spiritually. He made you alive. You were once dead in your trespasses and sins, where in times past you walked according to the course of this world. And there are some times where we as Christians get involved with the course of this world. We get trapped in. But it's, it's not too much long. You can't stay in there too long. You wind up getting back out. Why? Because you know how to get back out and where to go to, right? Because God had gotten you out and you know where to get back to, amen? Unsaved people don't know where to go to, so they stay in there to make the best of it. They try to survive. 
But Jesus is the light. He gets, he gets us out. He get, we, we get saved. And whether we get in and get out, listen, you're saved, but you know where to go to in time of trouble. That's the difference. Verse 3, among whom also we had our conversation. That means our way of life in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Verse 4, thank God, but God, who is rich in mercy. He's rich in mercy. He's not rich in judgment. He's not rich in condemnation. He says, I'm rich in mercy. Why do we need a God who is rich in mercy? Because we need mercy. We're high maintenance. We are high maintenance, right? And we need a God who has a lot of mercy. That means you need mercy. I need mercy. And he's rich in it. I got an abundance of mercy for you. Well, I'm not that bad of a person. You'll never get God's mercy then. We need the mercy. For his great love wherewith he loves us. He's rich in mercy so he can love us more. So he can show us his love. In our sins, it separates us between us and God. But because he's so rich in mercy and all the mercy he has on us, He's able now to gather us together close to him so we can experience the love of God in our lives. In time past, we walked according to all those things. What separates us from God is our sin. That's, that's why the Christian just needs to get closer and closer to the Lord. And the more you shed, the closer you can get to God, experience more of his love. He's going to love you no matter what. You say, well, God accept me for who I am? Of course, he already has. Well, God have mercy on me. I've done some bad things. He's rich in it. It's up to you, though, as we read in verse 1, and you hath he. It's a you and he relationship. Let's pray. Father, pray bless this message. Thank you for making us alive, Lord. And if anyone here is not spiritually alive, may today, Lord, they receive Christ as their Savior and get saved, get born again, Lord, and receive that eternal life. And this life is in your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for dying for us on that cross, shedding your blood that we can receive remission of sins. Thank you for saving our soul, making us whole. Glory to your name. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, you may be seated. Look at verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What's that? When you got saved, listen. The Lord had prepared already a place for you in heaven. You already are permanently seated in heaven. You have a secure place in heaven. Uh, if you get saved, you have a guaranteed spot, reserved, sealed by the Holy Spirit in the gates of glory. Amen? You, you can't earn that. You can't earn it. It's hard enough to earn uh, stuff down here. How can you earn heaven? You can't earn heaven. That's God's home. Amen. He invites us in. Why? Because he loves us. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Here we go. For by grace are ye saved through faith. I was talking to a guy. He said, well, no, you still have to, you still have to do good works to get saved. No, you can't. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's the greatest love story of all. The greatest love story. It's like uh, having a poor, orphaned, peasant woman. And a king comes and says, hey, would you marry me? That lady did no, nothing to attract the king. That lady ha, uh, has not even been able to even dream of getting into a circumstance like that. For to marry royalty, you have to be born royal, right? But somebody who's poor, orphaned, uh, amongst the lowliest of people, when a king would go to her and say, would you marry me? For what? What would that woman have to offer him? She can't offer him anything. No. But out of love, 
God does that for us. You know, God is love, the Bible says. And there is nothing going to stop his love. He loves you no matter what. And he chases after all men, the Bible says. Despite of what you did, you can offer God nothing. The Bible says, I have, or a, a phrase, I have no gift. In my hand, I have nothing to bring, but simply to the cross I cling. Those who just go to the cross and grab onto the cross, uh, pleading with God for that mercy, will receive salvation. Realizing that he is the only one they can go to. He's the only one who loves you, truly. He's the only one that has power to forgive sins, and he will forgive them. His blood will wash them away. It's a great love story that uh, uh, the king of all glory would come down to get a woman like that. That woman is us, the Bible says. God equates uh, mankind or those who get saved as his bride. Did you know that? We're the woman. He tries to uh, get it down to our level because a, a man will go, I asked my wife to marry me. I was after her. We met in church, and there, there came a time where I went to her father first. I asked permission first to, to date her. And then, and then eventually I asked uh, uh, permission if I could marry his daughter. Amen? And then I uh, went to Jesse, my wife, uh, and said, would you marry me? I actually sang to her on stage in church. Uh, and I asked her if, if she would marry me. And she said no at first. No, she, she said yes. Amen. But, but she said yes, and then we got married. We planned a wedding. It was a ceremony. It was a time of, of work and labor. But the wedding revolved around the love. It was between a man and his future wife. And that uh, marriage, it was all about God and his future spouse. Anybody who would... Um, get saved, anyone who would receive Christ. The Lord is after all those who would receive him. And he says, would you marry me? Would you marry me? When Jesus was on that cross, would you marry me? And our response, anybody who says, I do, I will, gets married. It's a union. It's a fellowship. It's a bond of love, not for on earth, but forever. Forever. We're going to go to an unusual place in scriptures uh, with this message, but Proverbs chapter 7. Proverbs chapter 7. We're going to read about a bad wife here. At first, you're going you're gonna to see, like, oh, this lady, she's a bad lady. She's a terrible lady. Then you're going to find out she's married. You're going to say, oh, my goodness, she's married. Why would this man marry a woman like this? Yeah. The apple doesn't fall too far from the tree from the reader. This is a picture, really, of our hearts. Chapter 7, verse 1, my son, keep my, my words and lay up my commandments with thee. This is Proverbs 7, verse 2, keep my commandments and live. I love that verse. Keep God's word and live. You get to li live. Oh, all the rules, I got to do this and that and that. Listen, you are serving someone. You're, even, you're either serving the world or you're, going to serve, or you're going to serve Jesus. Jesus is the greatest one to serve. This world will just use you and then throw you out when you're done. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. You say, well, I'll serve myself. No such thing. Naked came you in, and naked you shall leave. You are not the master. Yeah. Uh, we, are, we will serve somebody. 
You just got to choose who you're going to serve. You say, well, I don't get involved with anything. I just go to work every day. And well, you have a boss. You're going to serve him then. Give him your time. And then when you're old, you retire. You get to sit home and die. Right? But serve the Lord. And he'll give you life. A life worth living. Keep my commandments living. And, and my law as the apple of thine eye. That means you get the word of God and you hold it in the forefront and say, you know what, this is going to be precious to me. I'm going to live by it. Bind them upon thy fingers. Uh, verse 2 is keep. Verse 3 is bind. Secure it. Who you got to bind it from? An enemy? No, from yourself. You're going to want to get rid of it. Tie it about you. You're going to want to keep your, throw your Bible down and pick up other things sometimes. Sin in your life. Verse 4, say... Unto wisdom, thou art my sister, and call understanding my kinswoman. Get the scriptures in. I want to read a couple verses here from Psalm 119, verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Listen, uh, if your way is messed up, get into the word of God. It's simple, it's very simple. I do uh, heating and air conditioning, rearranging that right now. But I'll go into a house. Sometimes I was, one time I was in a hoarder's house. Oh, it was terrible. Tried doing, uh, working on a system in a hoarder's house. Well, this one house I'm thinking of, I opened the door. The customer said, yeah, just go in, put the heater, look at the heater in the basement. I said, well, how do I get in? You're not home. And she said, the door is open. I said, well, is the, is the key under a flower pot or, you know, sometimes we'll get that. No, it's open. Okay, so I expected just to be open. Who would leave their door open in Philadelphia like that? You know, uh, she might, maybe she don't have much uh, to lose. But so I pulled up to the house and the door was literally open. I said, wow. I looked inside and it was probably about thigh high of newspapers throughout the front door and was coming out. It was like a snowstorm of newspaper in her house. And the whole entire downstairs was completely covered with newspaper. That's not the worst thing. So I start trudging through these newspapers and as I'm walking through, cats are popping out <laughs> of these newspapers. And I mean, you can imagine when there's that many cats in the house, what was in those newspapers and so on and so forth. But I got down to the basement and th thank the Lord ladies don't like basements because the basement was untouched for many years. It did, however, have spider webs from ceiling to floor, like the Indiana Jones. And I had to get like a broom, go like this and, and clear away the spider webs before I got there. But I was in a little safe place in there, amen. But, but listen, if your way is cluttered, and, and you know what I'm talking about, you don't, I don't have to uh, put a thumb on people. I'm not here to convict you. I'm not here. That's the Holy Spirit's job. I'm not here to judge you. You know already. You're saved. That your heart condemns itself. You know what you need to do by the power of God is Holy Spirit of God's voice in your own heart, you know what you need to do. You know what's hurting you. You don't need to make excuses why uh, ca casual drinking is good sometimes. You don't need to make excuses why, uh, well, sometimes I, I just need a little time out. And No. You need God's Word. You need the Scriptures in your life. You know what messes you up. You know what makes you fall. You're just holding on to it. Let God give you the courage and strength to let it go and follow him. Keep his commandments and live. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. The word of God. It's a sword against sin. There's no one in here able to resist sin. You know that? Some sins. Some sins I don't care about. 
but my flesh is attracted to other sins. I don't have power to um, resist that. Nobody does. You are not able to live a life that is sin-free. It's impossible because we are the sinners. Sin stems from our hearts. You said we just need to love everybody. That's true. But the Bible says our heart grows hatred. So what are we supposed to do with that? We need the Lord. And when you start seeing those things, it ought to help you gravitate closer and closer and closer to Christ. And the closer you get to Christ, the less of yourself you're going to be. When I order um, Chinese food, for some odd reason, some people can attest to this. I'm not trying to mock them or anything, but I take on a Chinese accent. I don't mean, I, don't, I didn't notice it until people, why are, you, why are you talking like that? Like what? And then I started noticing, hello, can I have one quart general South chicken? And, and I, I don't mean to do that when I'm, but soon as I hear their accent, it, it triggers something in me and I do it without even thinking about it. Whether it's a good accent or bad, it just happens. I need to get closer to Christ. When we hang out with certain people, we start taking on their attributes. You know? What if we hung out more with Christ? Spent more time in His Word. Maybe the Word of God will start coming out more instead of anger, unkindness, viciousness. I do not know Chinese. But yet, when I'm even on the phone, something starts coming out. And even if you spent a little bit with the Lord, I promise you, your life will change. Your life will change. Here you have this lady. Let's look in verse 5. That they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. This is Proverbs 7. For at the window of my house I looked through my casement. And behold, among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding. Uh, This is a simple person. This is somebody who the parents did not instill. Listen to me. This is the parents' job to deal with the kids, to help instill wisdom in their children. You get a little set time. Foolishness is bound in every heart of a child. Foolishness is a cancer. There's no fool like an old fool. Foolishness will let, never leave a person. It never will. Parents, if you don't get foolishness out of your child, it'll stay with them for all their days, or unless they learn the hard way. But a loving parent is going to notice that cancer and say, I'm going to help get this out, either by continual instruction in righteousness or, or different ways, but mainly also the right discipline, the loving discipline. The Bible says the rod of correction will drive it far from them. And if they have a block of instruction, if they're, something's not, and you know what I'm talking about, like you're giving them instruction, it's not registering, there's the foolishness. you got to deal with that. Why? Because your goal is to give them instruction and in righteousness and instill in them wisdom for the rest of their life. You only have a small time with your kids Are you preparing them for the rest of their life? Or will you allow them to make greater falls than you did? It's a set time that a parent has to instill in them instruction in righteousness, wisdom. And when you do that, for all their days, they're going to be okay. This person, this young man, he didn't have those type parents. The parents are saying like they do now. Well, I just let them make their own choices. A child left to themselves will bring their mother to shame, the Bible says. There is no person able to withstand the devil, this world, or their own sin. You are not letting them make their own choices. You are allowing all the enemy to consume them. Devil, you can have my child. World, you can have my child. Go ahead and eat them up. I'm just letting them make their own choices. No, you're not. You're saying... I don't want to have responsibility in this matter. So enemy, just take them. Take them. And in years to come, you'll see 
your grave mistake there. The Bible warns us about this. Here's this young man, uh, a simple one. He doesn't have wisdom. He doesn't have uh, uh, the proper understanding in this matter. And he went this way, the Bible says in verse 8, passing through the street near her corner, and he went the way to her house. Uh, and there's a lot of ways to that house. And we're not talking all the time about uh, an actual lady here. We can talk about what uh, will be your downfall in your life. There's a lot of ways to that the devil will lead you in. Passing through the street near her corner, he went the way to her house. Verse 9, in the twilight in the evening, in the black and dark night, behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot and subtle heart. Now, she wasn't a harlot. She's a married woman here. We'll see that later on in the chapter. But she is acting like she is not married. Verse 11, she is loud and stubborn. Here's the phrase I want to focus on. Her feet abide not in her house. Her feet abide not in her house. Now, what does that mean? Now, Hollywood has twisted. Hear me out. Hollywood has twisted the role of a wife in the home. They have twisted it. They have twisted it. You say, well, uh, she has to stay in her home all day? No. Neither does the man have to be working 24 hours a day. They, her goal is the home. The man's goal is the family. And they meet together at the nest. Amen? Amen. They meet together in the home. You read Proverbs 31, that the virtuous woman that fears the Lord, she goes out. She buys this and buys that and starts businesses, what? For the purpose of her marriage and kids and family. That's the virtuous woman. No virtuous woman just sitting on the couch all day and watching TV and doing all that stuff. That's not a virtuous woman. What are you talking about? Get moving and do what's best for your family, ladies. That's what the Bible is talking about. Her feet abide not in her house. Abide means to rest, to dwell. It, it, you're dwelling on the fact that you're going to do everything for the sake of your home and for the sake of your husband. I'm going to strengthen my husband. I'll go to a house. I'm glad you're here. My husband doesn't do anything. And I'll look over. He's on the couch like this. And I can say this, lady, I know why he doesn't do anything, because you're bringing him down. If my wife did that to me, I would, I would dig a hole in the basement and go inside it and sleep there forever. <laughs> my wife's attitude controls me. If, if she's negative towards me, I'll go right to the couch. If she says, come on, honey, you can do it. It feels like I have this strength that I never had before. What am I doing? Let's do it. If she says, you never hang up the pictures on the wall. And I'm not going to either. But if she says, honey, I love you. Can you hang these pictures up for me? Let's do it. I'll work all night long. Why? Because of love. She's obtaining by her submissive spirit as a wife. She's obtaining anything and everything I have to offer. I'll work, my, I'll work my tail off to buy her shoes she wants or flowers or whatever. Obtain the blessings that I have to offer as a husband. Now I'm going to compare this to God in a second. The Bible says, husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. This lady here, she was married lady. Uh, let's read on. Now she without. Who let the dogs out? Now she was out, now in the streets, and lieth and waited every corner. Verse 13, so she caught him and kissed him, and with an impudent face, that's a shameless face, said unto him, I have peace offerings. Uh, let's go down uh, to 19. For the good man, that's the husband, is not at home. He's gone on a long journey, she tells him. Verse 21, with her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. You say, I was forced to do it, yeah. He got himself to a point where he was forced to do it. Listen, we don't have the strength to resist sin uh, on our own. We get ourselves in a circumstance, we're helpless. That's why God has given us the armor. That's why God gives us the warning. You say, well, I'm a strong Christian. I can withstand sin. Christ conquered the sin with his blood. 
How is your strength compared to that? You are, you are overriding uh, and comparing yourself greater than the blood of Christ. It's by the blood of Christ that washed away our sin. We need him more than ever in our day to cling. The Bible says, as sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. But this lady here, uh, she got him. She forced him. Now her husband was away. And I'm going to compare this to uh, God in a minute. God, he may seem like he's away and not watching. Now, we are, if you're saved today, the Lord calls us his wife. So this is a terrible lady. This is a terrible lady. Who would marry this type of lady? Wow. Do you know when God saved you, he knew your heart? Can you find yourself in this lady this morning? Can you find yourself when God seems like he goes away, how fast we dive into sin? You say, this is a terrible lady. That's me. This is the type of heart we have to God. When this husband returns, James, you can find a seat in the back, please. James. Okay, go sit down. Uh, when this lady returns, when this lady returns, or when the husband returns, will he accept her back lovingly? Would you? Would you be the spouse uh, that just receives this other spouse, but yet God? But God has received us. But God, although many times we turn our back on him, although many times we just ignore God and his wisdom, he always says, I'm abundant in mercy. I'm rich in mercy. I have love for you. I have everything you need. Come. God, let me say this, God will always, always, always take you back. He always will. That's the kind of God that we serve. There is no one in this room, nobody, that would ever do what God does for us each day. Wouldn't it drive us more? to acknowledge and say, God, what kind of wife am I? We're going to close with this, John 15. The Bible says her feet abide not in her house. She's not focused on, you know what, my husband is gone. Let me make a, a home. Let me, let, me, let me start selling Avon. Let me start selling some Tupperware. Remember those days? Let me, let me start selling, uh, what's the makeup... Um, Mary Kay. Let me start selling Mary Kay. Let me start trying to be fruitful. Let me do this. Let me do that. Starting businesses and, and let me get focused. And I'm talking about spiritually. I'm talking about spiritually here. Being fruitful for God. John chapter 15. Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch of me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Do you know, when you get saved, you're going to bring forth some fruit, and then he's going to purge you. What's purging mean? Trimming. Do you know when a tree, I planted a peach tree, and that thing sprouted up three stories high almost doesn't bear any more fruit. you got to keep them small and tender and, and trim them. So all the nutrients goes to the peaches and not to just grow in this big old thing, right? And what God does is he trims you, trims parts of your life for your good. For people who get saved and they go through some trials. Pastor, I can't do this. Why aren't you in church anymore? Oh, I'm getting overwhelmed with this and that. He's purging you. He's trying to show you he has plans for you. You're not just, he's not just going to let you go. He's got hopes and dreams. He can see the future of all the fruit you're going to bear if you allow him to purge you. Verse 3, now you are clean. Remember this verse. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. That's the words of God. you got to get into your Bible. You just got saved to get into your Bible. Christian, you got out of your Bible, get into your Bible. Christian, you've fallen into sin, get into your Bible. It cleans you right up. 
Verse 4, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear forth fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. So you'll bring forth more fruit. He'll purge you. Now you're going to bring forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what he will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Her feet didn't abide in her house. She was always concerned about everything else except for all that she had already. Listen, you got saved. You got a lot. And he's, that's only the beginning. But you need to learn how to abide in Christ. You need to settle your life. Don't get pulled apart from here and there and looking after other things in this life. We can point at that woman and say, man, that's a wicked woman. No. Look in the mirror. Yeah. Point at yourself and see, wow, I'm that woman. I'm the one. When God's away, the, mouse, the mice will play. I'm the one in that dark night when I start getting into stuff, I'm the one. That's me. God, would you take me back? Would you take me back after knowing what I've done when you were away? Would you take me back? If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. What a mighty God we serve, people. What a mighty God. God is for you and never against you. When he saved you, and I hope you're saved today, when he saved your soul, do you realize he already knew what you were going to do ahead? How many times you'd fall? How many times you'd turn your back on him? Every time you'd curse him? Every time you'd doubt him? He already knew. And guess what? He still saved you. And he still is preparing a place for you in heaven. What a loving God. Would you look to him today? If you're not saved, that's your first step. Receiving Christ, getting married to him spiritually. He said, will you marry me? Oh, well, I'm the most beautiful maiden of the land. No, you're not. He's coming to you because he loves you. Not for your looks or works. He's coming to you because he wants you. Will you marry him? Yes, I will. And he says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Let's all stand as we pray and close. Lord, I pray that you would uh, just be with us all. Help us, Lord, to look to you. If there's anyone here uh, that's not saved, every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to ask you a question. If you're here this morning and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you don't have that you and he relationship, but you know about him, but you're not sure that you're saved, would you raise your hand? I just, I would, uh, just want to pray for you. Anybody like that in here? You're not sure you're saved. You never got saved. I got married. I have a wedding date, an anniversary. When you get saved, you'll have an anniversary date with him. I got saved at this date. Do you have that date? You know you're saved. If you're not, you need to get saved. For everybody else, Pastor, I can see myself as that lady in the Bible. That lady looked horrible. Who would marry her? But then I seen myself as her. I want to be a better wife to God. Would you raise your hand? Amen. I see those hands. God bless you. God bless you. If God spoke to your heart, in any way, would you come down to the altar, dedicate your life to the Lord. Lord, help me to be a better Christian. Help me to do more for you. Help me to, be, to abide in the house, to make my life a life that is for you. 
that when you return, you'll be pleased with me. Lord, help me to be that wife, loving, kind to you, to look to your desires and not mine. Help me to be the one that is fit to be called your bride. Maybe you need to come up and, and talk about something. Come up here. I'm up here. Maybe you need to get saved. Come up here. I'll take, if you're a lady, I'll take the Bible. I'll take a lady to show you how you can get saved in the Word of God. If you're a man, I'll take another man to show you how you can get saved uh, by the Word of God. Maybe you're not sure that if you died today, you'd go to heaven. to abide in Christ. Her feet didn't abide in her hands. They didn't abide. And we often run away from the Lord in, in hard times. We run to other things. And we come up more empty in the end. But we have a loving father, a loving husband, who's always there. He's not like earthly husbands, no. He'll never let you down. He's not like earthly fathers that get attitudes sometimes and say the wrong things or fail. No, he's not like that. He's not like me. He's the greatest father you can ever have. He's the greatest husband you could ever have. We just need to remember to go to him in those times. You're going through heartache, go to, go to your heavenly father. He's there for you got somebody who loves you dearly and will always take you back. See, I don't, you don't know what I did, Pastor. You don't know the things I've done. I don't deserve him. Yeah, I don't deserve him either. None of us do. He just loves you. Now we get to love him back. He'll give you another chance. Just love him back. Love him back as a good wife. Love him be there for. Amen. If you could be seated for one minute, we have a baptism. And while that, uh, we're getting ready for that, uh, we have a special music. Well, they asked me to give a testimony. So I just want to praise the Lord that I'm saved. Like I said, um, during the revival, if you'd asked me a while ago if I'd be here playing or singing or doing any of that, I'd probably say no or, you know, nothing like that at all. But, uh, you know, I praise the Lord that he changes lives and transforms people. And it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done, he'll forgive you. And you can come on back to the fold. So we're going to, Pastor asked me to do this this morning, so on the fly. To my heart to sing thy grace, streams of mercy never ceasing. Call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon him, the mountain of thy redeeming love. Thy redeeming love Here to raise my Ebenezer 
Hither by thy help I've come And I hope by thy good pleasure Safely to arrive at home Jesus sought me when a stranger Wandering from the fold of God He to rescue me from danger Interpose his precious blood Interpose his precious blood Oh, to grace, how great the debtor Daily I'm constrained to be Let thy goodness, like a fetter Bind my wandering heart to thee Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it Prone to leave the God I love Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it Seal it for thy courts above Seal it for thy courts above Jesus Christ, the risen Savior Jesus Christ, the solid rock On the rock, I'm fixed upon him The rock of my redeeming love He's the rock of my Redeeming love. All right, we have uh, Juanita. Uh, she got saved on Sunday, was it? Last Sunday? Amen. And uh, thank the Lord um, for salvation. Amen. Um, you don't have to do anything to get saved, just trust in Him. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. So you got to put yourself aside and trust in the one who died. Amen. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, this uh, baptism represents the baptism of Christ. When we uh, got saved, that's the baptism of Christ. Water baptism represents that. When Juanita goes under the water, she died in Christ, and raised in newness of life. Amen? Uh, salvation, eternal life. And this represents that. Amen. Uh, Juanita, did you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. Amen. Uh, Juanita, based on your testimony of faith, I'm going to baptize you. Juanita, based on your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. All right, we have Don coming next. Now, Don, we had the uh, fireworks Sunday, and we, I was preaching to a guy as he gets ready. I was preaching to a guy that was here uh, who came with um, uh, his dad and, and, and Donnie, and I'm trying to give this guy the gospel, and Don turns around towards him, and, and Donnie starts giving him the gospel as well. And then he looks at me and says, oh, wait, I, I need to get saved too. So I don't know what God has prepared for Donnie, but uh, Lord, the Lord's working on him greatly. He got saved Sunday. Come on down, Donnie. But he could definitely say, listen, I, I was preaching the gospel before I got saved. So amen. Don't, remember, don't forget that. All right. Uh, Donnie, did you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. Donnie, based on your testimony of faith, I'm going to baptize you. Okay. 
Don, based on your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Right. Uh, thank God. Amen. Thank God he'll always take us back. Thank God. Don't ever look at others and say, wow, I'm glad I'm not like them. No, we probably are. But look at him always because we need him most. Uh, we have uh, our midweek service Wednesday. Come on out. We have a guest speaker coming Wednesday. You're going to want to hear him. Uh, come on out. It's a special service. And uh, we'll have a great time on Wednesday. Also, um, if you want to get involved with more church functions, we have special music. We have now uh, the food ministry getting established and many other ministries. We want to get the other ministries that uh, were closed down because of COVID. We want to get them, sorry, back opened up again. Uh, so if you're interested in, in doing more for the Lord, come see me. All right. And don't forget to say hello to the visitors and make them feel welcome as well. All right, let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for, uh, for taking us back always, Lord. Thank you for that. You never turned us away. Uh, as you told that lady, you said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. You give, you give us opportunity to make things right. You give us opportunity to live a life for you even when we haven't before. Lord, and thank you for that power and grace, Lord, that you enable us to do. Lord, I pray you bless our lives. Help us all, Lord, if, if we just get even a little closer to you this week. Lord, it's all worth it. It's growth. I pray you bless everybody here. Thank you for them. Thank you for our visitors coming. I pray they were, they were helped as everybody else was. And Lord, if anyone here is not saved, I pray for their salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.